welcome to They Call This A Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This A Movie. We're part of the Main Naming Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themainnaming.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TheMainNaming. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation, and you can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This A Movie. I am Anthony Delvecchio, and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, everybody. Hold on one second. I'm just composing an Avengers Endgame tweet. More like bad game, send tweet. Um, mm. Dan's not feeling that one. Uh, Can we do a take two? You know, at the at the end, we'll we'll do we'll do it a couple of different alts, and then we'll plug it in. Okay. Uh, yes. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are in end times right now. We are just mere hours before the public gets to start watching Avengers Endgame. So, we decided rather than watch a superhero movie, which may have been better, but we always kind of watch superhero movies because there's so many superhero movies that come out. We've already done two. So, we decided to just search Amazon Prime, the word Endgame, and see what popped up. And unfortunately, movie that came up was a movie from 1983 called Endgame. So, yes. gentlemen, what is your experience with 1980s Italian exploitation films? Zero. Is Suspiria a... Uh, it's 70s. Okay, so I mean, that's the closest, I guess. Right? Yeah, I, I mean, the spaghetti westerns, but those are obviously much, much earlier. Uh, yeah, th- this is my first time. Yep. And I don't think Dan will be going back to the well anytime after this. Nope. Uh, <laughs> what about you, Mark? Well, they were the most popular movies in my family. No. Um... <laughs> yeah, but you, you kid, but if you were to tell me that, <laughs> I might believe it. Yeah, no, no, this is my first time with anything like this. And uh, the whole time I was watching it, I even asked the question uh, when we, we talked about it afterwards. Um, was just I was trying to figure out if this was one of those movies where they were inspired by things or if the people that made the more popular versions of things that happened in this movie saw this and was like, oh, I could do that better. And then just made oh. full movies off of it. I want to say nobody saw this movie and got inspired. <laughs> I can, um, I believe that. But it's also entirely possible. Um, so for as Mark is saying, this is kind of this movie, if I had to describe it, kind of feels like Mad Max, which was 1979, kind of feels like Escape from New York, um, kind of feels like The Running Man. Um, it's kind of a mishmash of all those things. And that might sound amazing. But you can't combine those three movies and come away with a movie more dull than this one. And that's kind of what we're dealing with. This movie is dull as fuck. And it's got, I would say, coming into this movie, this was a movie that I thought was going to be pretty fun. And it's probably one of the most disappointing movies that we've watched so far, just based on kind of going into expectations. I think this and uh, Guardians, the Russian superhero movie, was also another one where you're like, this sounds kind of crazy. It's, it, it's probably fun. And then that one wasn't fun either. Um, yeah, this one might I, be I, more disappointing. 
I, I like that, that comparison to Guardians, because you have something where you can really just throw caution to the wind, because you have this incredible backstory where you have the post-apocalyptic scenario, and you have the, it's a, there's a TV show, there's mutants involved, mm-hmm. and it just falls into this bland, boring road trip movie where nothing exciting happens you have action scenes that are they, they kind of look like they were filmed like choreographed that day or on the spot yep and yeah it's just it was a wasted opportunity overall yeah i think th- i think that's one of the major things it's like i feel like there they didn't shoot there with the premise there's a better movie in it um they didn't shoot a better movie. It's not like, oh, well, you know, if you cut these things, it would be a good movie. Um, there, but I'm just going to read the premise, the the prime, the Amazon Prime synopsis of this um, this movie is: a telepathic mutant recruits a post World War III TV game show warrior to lead her band of m- mutants to safety. That sounds like something I would watch. It sounds yes. crazy enough. It sounds a little bit like Escape from New York. Sounds a little bit like The Running Man. It's like you know what? If that's a that's if that's an hour and twenty five minutes of my time, you know what? I think time well spent. And you would be wrong. You would be <laughs> terribly, terribly wrong um, yeah. for a movie that is, I believe, a hundred an hour and thirty seven minutes. It yeah. feels every bit of three hours long. <laughs> yeah. The, uh... So prepare yourself for the real end game then. Yeah, yes. if you could sit through this, then it'll be fine. Yeah, the yeah, the word disappointing is probably the best description of it because I was on board after the first half of that first sentence of um, you know the description there, um, and I even said as much in, in our chat trying to pick the movie. Um, but yeah, it was. It, it just seems like that they were. Um, it looked like it probably could have been a made-for-TV movie if those kinds of things existed back then. Like, Sure. I mean, you know what I they mean? did in... I mean, they were huge in, in the 80s, uh, made-for-TV movies, but mm-hmm. it's got that quality of, of it. Um, um, were they action movies like that? Not action TVs? movies. Yeah. Not action movies. In, in terms of that, you know, this, this reminds me of the Star Wars Christmas special. The way that it's shot and the way that it looks very grainy. So I think I think Mark is kind of onto something there. This could it's similar to that. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's kind of cut from this. It it has elements and aesthetics that remind me of as Dan mentioned spaghetti westerns. Um, and I think one of the things they should have done was lean into it. I love spaghetti westerns. I think they're a lot of fun. This one is not fun. It has it, it starts to feel that way towards the end, especially when they get out into the out of the city. Um, like some of the trippier ones. There there are some moments where I think, oh, that could have that was a cool idea. Um, and it felt like it felt like something you would see at, in a spaghetti western or specifically something from a, a Jodorowsky movie. Uh, I think I pronounced his movie, his name like El Topo and, or, or Holy Mountain, kind of crazy movies. And I thought that's where this movie was going. I thought this was going to be like really visually striking and um, really kind of um, metaphorical and shit like that. But not it, nothing really ever uh, accumulated no. into something worth watching. Now, at, at times it felt like 
half of the movie were people just LARPing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a good, that, that coincides with how I, I was saying the action sequences looked like they were filmed on the spot. You know, like yeah. the director just kind of told these people, because I mean, there's a scene where you have robed villains, mm-hmm. and there's there's a bunch of them. So I feel as if the director just kind of told them, all right, yeah, listen, just run around and wave your weapon around. And if you come into contact with someone, just, you know, pretend that you're slashing, or if you get shot, just, you know. Because they, they all do the similar hand hand gestures. I don't know if you notice where they're, hands are both in the air and it, it's kind of like they're waving around like they just don't care <laughs> right because they're just kind of like oh, oh man what's going on yeah um i and that's actually one of the scenes i'm talking about it's like on a on like a vision like that could have been a visually striking kind of like cool scene when you have like these black robed blind monks um fight like fighting that could have been like an interesting set that it was an interesting setup that wasn't that never paid off just because they just wound up being resorting to you know faceless um you know faceless body count essentially is what it uh, amounted to um i think i had some interesting moments in that um but nothing nothing too nothing too much to write at home about um but dan mentioned the direction this was directed by Stephen Benson officially, but um, the real name of the director is Joe D'Amato. If you don't know who that is, he was a um, Italian director who was very into uh, making uh, softcore and hardcore um, Italian pornography during the seventies and eighties. It doesn't show here. <laughs> and now I'm a little disappointed. He was big into exploitation, and he actually. He actually counts this movie as his favorite he's ever made, um, which was kind of light on the exploitation. I think there is some elements of here, but I think a little more could have done us done us well. Um, this holds a 5.3 on IMDb, which is a little high. Um, That's surprising. Has no, has no Rotten Tomatoes score, but it does have a 63% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Mm-hmm. And... And then it was U.S. Weird. distribution by Troma. So, you see, this is weird because I, one of my questions I was going to ask you, gentlemen, and this is something that we kind of get into, is do you think that there was a audience for this movie? Now, in my opinion, I didn't think there really was, but that just proves me wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, I guess somebody that's like a fan, I guess he's like, he's got a lot of films to his credit, Joe D'Amato. So it's entirely possible he has a fan base. He is the director of the Black Emmanuel series. So it was the um, basically the the spinoff of Emmanuel, which was a, a soft core um, erotic film series in the seventies. But um, Laura Gemser, who plays uh, Lilith in this movie, was actually Black Emmanuel, mm, and okay. they've worked together a number of times, obviously with the Black Emmanuel series. Um, so I'm sure this guy's got like a following. Um, I'm sure he was very popular. He was probably pretty big in Italy. I don't really know what the Italian filmmaking landscape was back in the in the early '80s, um, but he seemed to have gotten a lot of work at the time. I think uh, Troma releasing it in the states might have helped as well because they have a cult following. Sure, they did. Yeah, there's the a Toxic Avenger. Yeah, there's uh, an opening trauma um, 
uh, nameplate in the front of this movie on Amazon Prime. I don't. It was hard to find exactly what their relationship was, but it. Besides that, you would never know it was trauma that had anything yeah. to do with it. Um, I guess Lloyd Kaufman has a very brief um, credit in the front, but it's not on top of any like film reel. So. Yeah, he. I don't think he really did anything in terms of the production. Yeah, I'm sure it's just distribution. Yeah. Because I, I, I think that, and that was another thing. Because obviously, if you've watched a trauma film, they are extraordinarily, you know, over the top, gory, and silly. And this, you know, I went in thinking that it was going to be that way, and it couldn't have been further from the truth. There's maybe a little bit of bloodshed in this movie, mm-hmm. not much. And there's most deaths are kind of just slapsticky. A guy just getting shot and falling over. Yeah. Yeah, there's not much in terms of um, even the beginning of the movie when they do the, you know, sort of uh, game thing. Um, even the action in that is really, you know, not much to it, even though there's two two death scenes in it um, that are like hand-to-hand combat deaths. You know, there's not really much in terms of gore or even... No, nope. you know, it's very much, tame. Yeah, yeah, much vicious. No, no viciousness to it. It's a little disappointing because yeah. again, this is a movie where it probably would, like Anthony was saying, uh, some exploitation, and it probably could have had a little bit more gore in it. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it, it, you know, it doesn't make it a much better film, but it, it, it raises it a little bit. Sure. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think at this point, you just want to head right into the plot. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right, the plot for Endgame from 1983. We start with some stock footage of a nuclear explosion. So this is kind yeah. of our our sign that this is the sign, post-apocalyptic setting. Um, then we cut to New York 2025. It's in total decay. The rats, charred bodies, and mutants litter the streets. We have death squads roaming the streets, killing mutants. They just so happen to have SS on their helmets that bear striking resemblance to Nazi helmets. Of course, SS here stands for security services, and not for uh, whatever SS stood for the in, in the Nazi yeah. regalia. Yeah, um, I, was, I was just watching Valkyrie yesterday, and they talk about it. I think, you know, it, I, I got to think of it, but I'll, it'll come to me. But yeah, the, the one thing I love is that it has the uh, loudspeaker going off, like, making an announcement in empty streets that seemed to be a thing that was like popular with post-apocalyptic movies back then. Sure. Yeah. It's announcing the radiation levels. Yeah. Um, then we find out that it is the start of end game, which is a death sport, um, sort of in the same vein of, uh, what you would find in the running man and the hunger games. Essentially it's a fight for your life, uh, type of game. And this, through this, we meet our hero, Ron Shannon, who is an endgame champion seven times over. Um, and yeah. basically, he's uh, he's going to be hunted for sport by three hunters, whose names are Woody Aldrich, <laughs> Gabe Mantrix, who might be 70 years old? Maybe. <laughs> and uh, the dangerous adversary, Kirk, Kurt Karnak. Yeah. These guys reminded me of Kiss. <laughs> like, yeah, they had they the, the, the demon, the star child. 
Uh, I, I don't know if the, the first guy had any face paint on. <laughs> but No, but he was dressed up almost like a barbarian. Okay, so yeah, there, there's a very Kiss-themed... Uh, a very Kiss-themed... I, I can't think of what the word is. It's yeah. a... Yeah, you know what I mean. What I loved about this introduction... Motif. It's a motif, I'm sorry. Motif, okay. So uh, what I liked about this, uh, the opening to this, is they explained a lot about the actual structure of Endgame, and it's probably the most they explain about anything in the whole movie. You know, yeah. they talk about a point system, and if you do this, you lose points. If you do this, you get points. You know, and it's a lot of minutia that we it, don't even need. Exactly. Like we, because because the I'm going to spoil this for everybody. The end game aspect of this movie is over in 15 minutes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was a little disappointing too. I thought it, I thought it was pretty cool when they were in because it was it was interesting to see how the old or I guess it's in the future, so the new te- television stations are run. I just thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Working in a television studio. <laughs> so we also uh, find out that Endgame is brought to you by Life Plus, an en- energy tablet, which they mentioned several times. And if it's satire, there's no payoff. No. <laughs> there's like I thought it was going to have some kind of something to do with how they that's how they tracked them or that was like a, a way they rigged the game. Was if they drank this life plus, they could mm-hmm. tell, like keep him docile or something like that, or, or tell, or one of the hunters knew exactly where he was because he drank this, because they were trying to rig who would win. Yeah, it's kind of it's just like there as like, hey, get you know, any advertisers will advertise on anything, right, guys? Yeah. Right. Advertisers suck. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was capitalism. It, it, this movie kind of gives you the old uh, bait and switch. It, you think it's going one way, and it winds up going a completely different way. So, it, I, th- I think if they kind of stuck to the Running Man style of the move of the movie, it probably was a better idea than what they wind up doing. But that's sure. not for us to really, you know. Or if they stretched out the final two thirds of the movie throughout the end game, like he's trying to do what he has to do for the rest of the movie while also trying to survive in the end game. Right. Yeah, that would have been that would have been better because the movie is called Endgame. Yeah. Yep. And it's barely anything to do with Endgame. Right. Um, from there we find out that the government is planning another nuclear attack during the endgame. Endgame is being used as distraction purposes. Um but then the end game starts. Um so they go th- through the streets. He gets a 30-minute head start ahead of the hunters. Meanwhile, death squads are still hunting for mutants, um, shooting them just indiscriminately in the streets. Um, we we meet Lilith, who is getting chased by mutants, uh, who have no plans other than to rape her. Because, of course, chalk another movie up <laughs> yeah. for the old rape angle. Uh, but she runs into Ron Shannon, and he stops those other mutants. Um, and he shoes them away, basically. She tells uh, Ron Shannon that she was looking for him and she has a job for him. He basically says, uh, maybe after the end game, I'll, I'll come find you or you come find me or something like that. Yeah. Um, so he runs, they separate. Um, and that's when Woody Eldritch comes up upon the uh, 
uh, up upon Ron Shannon. Um, and this is kind of the one of the parts where it's just disappointing because he he faces off Woody Aldrich and it's all just kind of skulking around in the dark shooting at each other for most of it which is kind yeah. of just dull and then they have a melee weapon fight and then there's no blood no nothing mm-hmm. Shannon just kills Woody by weakly stabbing him in the back and that's the end of Woody Aldrich yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was my first my first gripe it was just it was such a lame anticlimactic ending mm-hmm. to the, I mean it was a bad fight to begin with yeah so it's just it, it looked like two old men fighting which was yeah. pretty much what it was the choreography is terrible yeah yeah i i was trying to figure what kind of like which movies have we watched up to this point where it, it had similar choreography i think this probably has the worst yeah um it's it's not good. The, the choreography is is definitely some of the worst that we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Time Cop was definitely better. Yes. yes. Well, I mean, because you actually had a athletic actor yeah. in that role. I think the Killing Zone was better. Ooh, but that's close. Yeah. That has some that has some parts, but again, you have. A but more... we also loved the Killing Zone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, and and obviously the main you know our guy. I is. think Sorceress probably had some points of terrible choreography. Telegra- definitely telegraphed choreography. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but it was still a little bit more exciting at times. Mm-hmm. Like the... the uh, it's a better movie. Yeah. The, 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 the whatchamacallit scene comes to mind. The uh, marketplace scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, yeah. that kind of had some telegraph choreography. But at the same time, it's just done better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the things uh, what I wrote down it was that one of the things that the Running Man does better uh, is that like the the villains are like really over the top and their their weapons are like really really distinct from each other. You have that one guy that sings opera, and then you get you know it's it's all kind of cartoonish and and crazy and it and it works i mean running yeah. man's not a great movie but it's it's more enjoyable than this movie yes uh, yeah and, and so i think that i think that's one place where it's like that could you know these these guys are so just bland they're just you know they uh, woody aldrich kind of looks like a barbarian and he's he's a big dude so who that's that's really his that's his person personification it's just kind of that what I describe. He's big and wears barbarian clothes. Have you guys ever played? Obviously, you've played Street Fighter, right? Yes. So, you know, every one of those characters has a, you know, like they, their character is a little bit bigger than life. You know, like Zangief is this big Russian wrestler. Mm-hmm. E Honda, again, this this big uh, sumo wrestler. Everyone has something unique to them. This movie. Have you ever played the first Street Fighter? Uh, it's been it's been a while. Street Fighter Two is kind of like the one, right? Yeah. yeah. So Street Fighter One has nothing to do with Street Fighter Two. Street Fighter One, you're like a futuristic mm-hmm. cop, pretty mm-hmm. much. So this is kind of like Street Fighter One, where it's <laughs> and Running f- Man is is Street yes. Fighter Two. Yes, because all of the villains have that unique persona to them. You know, one guy's name is Sub Zero. Uh, you have Jesse the Body Ventura. He was always over the top. But this movie could have been 
like a Street Fighter 2, then instead it turned out to be the much lamer Street Fighter 1. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's probably a good analogy there. You know, me being Street Fighter expert and, you know, resident master of Street Fighter resident as, as Street provided Fighter on expert. video. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the... Yeah, the the whole thing about it is, I think, I wonder if some of those higher scores are from people that maybe were into sci-fi. Like, if, if the Running Man book was out before, or the book that it's based off of was out before this, maybe people back then have a nostalgic thing, is this is the first thing to try to do something like that. So, you know. I think it's just... I think it's people. This I don't think many people are watching this movie on a given day. So anybody that's going to rate it on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. is searching out for a movie like this. So I think it. I think that sixty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever I said it was is like it's kind of weighted on people that would actually sit there and watch a movie that like this. I don't oh, think people okay. are going on Amazon Prime yeah. that are like, oh, I don't, I don't like crazy sci fi movies, so I'm going to watch this Endgame movie. And then yeah. and then bash it on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, I think it's a, a very niche audience that's going to watch this. Yeah. A very niche audience, even even slimmer, that's actually going to um, rate it because none of us rated it, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, True. Okay. Shortly after um, Shannon kills Woody, he gets attacked by Gabe Mantrex, and um, just to um, kind of describe how boring the choreography is I actually have step by step more or less um, how this fight goes so Gabe okay. Mantrix sneaks up on Ron Shannon and then does stomach kick face kick stomach kick back kick stomach kick karate chop stomach kick stomach kick flip kick stomach kick jump chest kick stomach kick uh, <laughs> a lot of kicks yeah uh, Ron Shannon pretends that he is knocked out, so Gabe Mantrax goes in to try and strangle him. Then he turns the tables, and then Ron does a stomach kick, face kick, stomach kick, stomach kick, face kick, stomach kick, face kick, flying chop, neck chop, and then kills Gabe Mantrax. So all in all, very one note and all very boring. So my main problem with this fight was I couldn't tell who was who. Because they look they, very similar. They look too similar. So I was like, wait, did did the good guy just get his ass kicked or did the bad guy get his ass kicked? I don't know what's happening right now. They're both about the same height. They both yep. have similar haircuts. They're both wearing like black leather jackets. Um, right. The Gabe Mantrax, like I said, looks about like a 70-year-old Michael Caine with <laughs> face makeup on. He was the star yeah. child. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And also he was supposed to be martial arts expert. Yeah. Is that how it's credited? Yeah. Well, no, with like, all those stomach kicks, you know, it's obvious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because each of the three hunters had some kind of, you know, very generic characteristic, and his was mm-hmm. martial arts champion slash expert or something. Yeah, this fight is like two wrestling jobbers <laughs> going at it. There's no, there's no, there's no charisma. There's no style. Right. It's just. A fake kick to the chat, the stomach. The guy overreacts to the kick. He stumbles, tries to go back onto his hands and knees, and the guy does it again. <laughs> I, what's what's good about it is it looks like knee kicking because I can barely get my knee 
above my stomach. <laughs> so it's just like a like a weak like ugh kick and yeah. They but they sell, they don't even sell it well. I, I was gonna say they sell it, but they they don't. <laughs> yeah. So the final neck chop by Ron Shannon kills uh, Gabe Mantrex, and if then we, short. I was, gonna, uh, I was gonna say if we if you wanted to do some editing when you say that you could do the Austin Powers judo chop. <laughs> it would fit perfectly. Judo kick. Yeah, judo yeah. kick. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Mike Myers does a better job of this. How is that possible? Yeah. He's been phoning in for 20 years, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Maybe like 18. Yeah. Yeah, Close since Gold member. Shortly after that fight is over, um, Karnak, I believe his name is, Karnak corners Ron. And at this point, Ron meets back up with Lilith. And she uh, reveals that she has psychic powers and she'll help him. But... She he needs to help her. She reveals that she needs Ron to escort her and other mutants out of the city. Uh, she will help him defeat Karnak, and there's gold in it for him too. So she helps him defeat Karnak with her psychic abilities. Um, but Shannon leaves Karnak alive. But he officially wins the endgame. And endgame is over now, and we're like 21 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It. I, and it's funny after all the explanation they gave about how the rules work and how they get points and stuff. For some reason, he gets like special points for saving the guy's life. It's a morale boost. Yeah, it was something <laughs> like you know he's got so many points. There's no way anyone can catch him. Sure. <laughs> well, um, so <laughs> this is where it first introduces the telekinesis or the the psychic powers the. Uh, yeah, the uh, telepathy, tele- the tele- telepathy. telepathy. Yeah. Um, and because of the telepathy thing, 40% of this movie is Lilith and Ron just kind of staring off the sc- <laughs> off the screen. Because it's all done That's in great. voice, it's all done in VO, like a, a mo- inner monologue, and it's just they're not doing anything of any interest. They're just kind of staring. They're just like letting the camera run. It's like, "Okay, well you're you're talking, so pretend you're talking." <laughs> they're not doing. They're never doing anything interesting while they're while they're communicating. But how long does this go on for? It feels like it goes on for a while. For everything, everything in this movie takes forever. Yeah. It, it feels like it, it stays on them for maybe a couple minutes, like two minutes, maybe. Yeah. That's, I mean, and that feels like a long time. It feels longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I, I couldn't tell exactly how she was trying to set them up either. She kept calling out all these directions and things on a clock and all that and i'm like how is he walking to him yeah the the <laughs> setup of the understanding of the the space in that scene is is not great because like he's somehow above karnak yeah. and we have no we have no idea that he is until he sh- he hits karnak yeah um the direction of that scene is terrible um so he 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 goes back onto TV they want him to drink life plus and he's going to do it um but then Lilith gets caught by the SS and she tele- tele- telepathically tells him to come help her so rather than drink life plus he doesn't and he's he would have drank it if she didn't say anything so again yeah. it's not like a it's not a satire of anything really it, it was a moot point really yeah yeah. yeah, and then that, that's the last we hear of Life Plus after that. 
It's like booty sweat. <laughs> this was this was Endgame's booty sweat. Yeah. So he runs off to save her, and he kills kills all the SS, most of them by karate chops. Um, <laughs> at this they point, never, they never explain how, like, what he is. Right? I mean, he's he's an Endgame winner. Mm-hmm. But they never explain his backstory. Like, sure, right? The, he, he, if he was Jesse the Body Ventura, or Arnold Schwarzenegger, or Dwayne the Rock Johnson, yeah. he'd be a little bit more believable. Ex- but that's what I mean. He's an he's an American actor that couldn't cut it in Hollywood, so he went to Italy to make some movies. <laughs> right? He's he's a schlub. Yeah, you know it. it Essentially, he's, it's if one he's of He's in a reasonable amount of weight. Uh, 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 he's in a reasonable amount of fitness for a guy that's like in his 40s, but he's not particularly like. No. He's not he's, tall. He's not super svelte. He's yeah. very unassuming. Yeah. He's like an everyman. Yeah, which exactly. I guess is, yeah. He's not even like. He's not even like Kurt Russell in Escape from New York. No. no. I think the Michael Caine. Uh, comparison probably worked. That was best. Gabe. That was Gabe Mantrax. Oh, like. <laughs> Star Child. Okay. So again, they they're very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know who I would compare this guy to. To be, he's like Willem Dafoe. Sort of, but I mean, Willem Dafoe really stands out. This guy doesn't. He doesn't sure. stand out. Well, that's just a William. A Willem Dafoe is insane. <laughs> otherwise, in terms of stature, around the same. <laughs> and he's certifiably insane yes so at this point we find out the government is looking for a child specifically and once you know it Lilith brings Shannon to meet other refugees one of those which includes a child so convenient could be the same yeah. child who knows um, and we meet the professor who is not a mutant but he is uh, aware of their psychic abilities and he wants to he's, he's trying to help them get out because he thinks they can be researched and it's basically a, a new evolution of man, essentially. Well, at one point, doesn't he say, oh, I'm thinking about there's a certain species that have taken, they've regressed? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's not... They're not the same. Right, okay, gotcha. But they do enco- encounter them. Okay. So basically, um, the plan is they need to get 200 miles outside of the city um, and Shannon will be reimbursed with gold. Um, so he agrees, uh, kind of just feels like he's got it. He's going to, he wants the gold, I guess. I guess that's the really the only reason why he does it. Yeah. Um, and Maybe. they've tapped him because they feel like he, he knows how to survive out there. He knows what's, what it is, what is on out, what is going on outside the city. I'm glad that the new that the currency in the future apocalypse is gold. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's why you got to buy up the gold. Yeah, for I, I wish it could have been something a little bit more creative, though. I mean, you, you have video games like um, Fallout, and the currency is bottle caps. <laughs> you think you could have done something a little better? Yeah, Glenn Beck's been talking about buying up gold for 15 years. Yeah, got to get on that. I actually have a guy that I work with who is a a, a truther, mm-hmm. and he stockpiles rations and gold. Oh boy! I mean, yeah. 
you're guns. Do, if you're gonna if you're gonna stockpile anything, gold and rations are pretty good. And guns, many many guns. Oh, there you go. Does he have a bunker? He does in Pennsylvania. Oh, so when the end game comes, we yep. know where we're going. <laughs> if we're not that right. guy's bunker because he's not gonna let us anywhere near. <laughs> well, I'm friends with him. He's <laughs> he's cool with me. So when uh, the civil war hits, man. Uh, yeah, I'm going to his place. He's 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 taking the buyout, so uh, he'll be he'll be around. I know where to get him. <laughs> so at this point, uh, the government finds out that uh, Shannon is escaping and probably with some refugees. So they tap Karnak to find Lilith and Shannon. Yeah. Uh, at this yeah. point, Shannon. Oh, go ahead, Mark. I was going to say. Is this the recruitment part we're coming up to? That yes. Been easily handled in a montage? Yeah, Shannon takes yeah. his time getting out of the city. <laughs> he's looking for recruiting help, and he's just kind of lackadaisical in, in this. And, I mean, he's he's got refugees waiting to get out of the city, and he's just, <laughs> oh, we're going to go to the gym, talk, <laughs> talk to my buddy over there. Talk um, to he, uh, not Bruce Lee. Yeah. We 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 meet Ninja, who is a karate ace, because Wait, of course he is. His name is Ninja. He was Ninja. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was just. De- I thought he was describing like, yeah, I'm I'm going to get a ninja. Nope. Yeah, no, no. His name is Ninja. Mm. Yeah. Um, That's kind of awesome. Ninja is a karate ace. He meets at the gym, and then he kind of goes to a shitty part of town, and meets Kovac, who is a strong man. And that basically just means he's a big fat guy. Yeah. Kovac, <laughs> who is part of the group of LARPers they just ran into. Yeah. He reminded uh, me... Now, some people who listen to this may not know this far back in wrestling, WWF history. He reminded me of Earthquake. Yes. Oh, okay. If you don't know who that is, listener, just Google Earthquake. And that's essentially who this guy is. He reminded me of Al Borland from Home Improvement. <laughs> Not as good looking. Not as good looking. And not nearly enough flannel. How dare you besmirch the name of Richard Carl. <laughs> He's great. I love I love home improvement. I don't care what anybody says about Tim Al. <laughs> um and then they meet another guy in the bar. Who is uh, I guess a demolitions expert because the only thing he does in any fight is just throw grenades in the same exact manner he did like four <laughs> other times. I, it's like I, literally they use the same shot. I was convinced that's what they were doing. <laughs> it, the, the entire time I'm thinking of that one scene in uh, The Simpsons where uh, uh, Bart and Lisa take a tour of the Itching Scratchy production studios yep. and they just keep reusing the same scenery. And and they, they explain it. Oh, to save on costs, we sometimes use this, use the same scenery. So I was just thinking that it's the same thing. Just you know, edit back to him throwing the same motion, same yeah. thing. He he's like hiding behind, like in on the side of a doorway. He yeah. steps out, tosses the grenade, and steps back <laughs> away. And I, I use grenades in quotes because um, they're really just smoke bombs. Yeah, they're like cherry bombs. Yeah. yeah. In in D and D terms, he has three quarters cover. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just just say he's a very cautious D and D player. Yeah. All right, do my action. <laughs> Step back. Bonus action, hide. <laughs> I'm gonna use my yeah. I'm gonna use my remaining movement to hide. 
Um, so he does that recruiting, and uh, as he's about to, I guess, about to leave the city, uh, the SS team confronts Shannon, uh, including the general. The general gets a kick in the dick. <laughs> Shannon kills some SS. Uh, Karnak shows up and helps kill a guard for Shannon, and uh, he basically says, "All right, you say you spared my life. I saved yours. We're even now, and uh, I'll catch you later." Basically. So, at this point, Shannon runs off, meets back up with the the refugees and his recruited team, and it just takes forever for them to just, like, pack up and leave. Like, there's so many scenes which just could, like, cut, shave seconds off yeah, and just, like, get to the point. <laughs> yeah, it's... And this is one of them. It's just, like, we have to see him meet up with everybody and then we have to see every one of the refugee refugees pack into the van and it's just like all right well there's got to be a quicker way to do these things it's it's pretty obvious to me i mean to me that this was just space filler like they they needed to fill out an hour 30 mm-hmm. and like all right we'll just we'll show everything we can yeah and this movie could definitely be like 75 minutes yeah. Yeah, easily. E- yeah, easily. Uh, it, it would have been a better made-for-TV movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this uh, is the point where we start our little road movie. Yeah. Um, our first trip along the way is what Dan had alluded to earlier. We come across a uh, scene of some dead mutants that have uh, looked like pre-man um, evolution. And the professor mentions it. We got some people that look like uh, some cavemen or some things that look like fish people. And he calls it involution. They're kind of going the opposite direction as the uh, the other as the refugees that they're trying to save are going in the other direction. They're they're evolving. And this is a very quick scene. The leader of that group sounds like Larry from the Three Stooges. (laughs) The fat guy. Who you calling ugly, Mister? Oh Why? yeah, that that was the guy that when he met up with Kovac, the big fat guy. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I These was. Scenes are just so random. I, I was I was on board with the involution thing when I was like, oh yeah, there's like a monkey man, I can see that. And then when his explanation for why there was like a fish man there was, I was like, oh, okay. Going back to primordial times. Yeah. That, yeah. Okay. And then it just looked like a really bad. Like fish person suit, yeah. They had on. <laughs> it's a very quick stop, um, and this this is where it becomes very episodic. We just go from scene to scene of other stops along the way. Um, this is where the next stop is where we come across a town full of ninja telepathic blind monks. So I thought this this scene had the most potential because it's mm-hmm. it's just weird. It like they he they come across one of them and they you know he's kind of like. Uh, you know, we've been out here all along waiting for somebody to come along and then reveals that he's blind and all of a sudden, like, they start to mill out of the uh, the building and they start to get cornered um, and they, they start to fight. It's a town of monks that all have blades um, and then we are subjected to about 10 minutes of shooting. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Non-stop so, shooting. Yeah. The, the the blind monks can see 
quote unquote, because they are holding a telepath prisoner and he's transmitting his sight to them. Um, and then again, that one guy just throws smoke bombs the whole time. So that part made no sense because the person that they have in chains, um, he is in a building and he yeah. has, he, from what it looks like, he has no visual of what's going on outside. I think he's using his telepathic abilities to see into Ron Shannon and his refugee friends. Oh, okay. See what they're seeing and then transmitting it back to the monks. <laughs> there, there's a pretty cool scene in here. Um, so, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm at work watching this and I, they're, they're fighting these monks. And so the main character is fighting his way through basically he's a one man army at one point and he gets to the point he gets to the room with the telepathic guy held in chains so I figured he's going to save that guy (laughs) (laughs) he does the exact opposite (laughs) he does and it makes perfect sense though but yeah now it does but I figured oh you know the guy held in chains they're probably just coming to rescue this guy maybe see I thought maybe he was a like one a part of the refugees. Sure, probably but, could have been. But he, my man, takes an axe <laughs> and <laughs> just lobs it at him right right between the eyes. <laughs> it might be the best part of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty yeah. good. I, I I was taken aback. Like, oh, what the hell just happened? Yeah, that that. Uh, was what uh, what happened after Ron Shannon just jumps on a dirt bike and just kind of rides it around for like two minutes or so? <laughs> right in a just circle. In circles. <laughs> Again, something that didn't need to take as long as it did. Nope. Uh, and then he he does he gets like one jump off. Yeah. <laughs> he this guy he probably spent hours practicing how to ride this. So he, like, listen, motherfucker. I'm getting these these wheelies in, all right. <laughs> this movie must have been sponsored by a Italian dirt bike company. Yeah. Because there are so many dirt bikes in this movie. <laughs> there are like a hundred dirt bikes in this it's movie. Like, it's like Fiat. <laughs> sponsored by Fiat. Mm-hmm. Um so as as Dan mentioned, um he puts an axe into the head of uh, the prisoner which stops the telepathic transmission. So now all the blind monks are blind again. And they just kind of drive away. They just leave the, the monks there. Well, the monks, for some reason, they, they I'm blind. I'm blind. <laughs> I'm blind them. again. And they, they wait. This is the part where they're just waving their arms around. <laughs> it's like they're at a rave. I'm blind. <laughs> it's just very silly. Yeah, it's a, it's very very over the top, but I I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, the the scene is definitely like one of the things that was annoying with the scene is I think we mentioned earlier that there was a machine gun going off the entire time, and one of the things that bothered me throughout that time is like there is no evidence of any use of squibs of any kind through all that <laughs> yeah. shooting. Like the dirt isn't getting kicked up, um, no one's getting like hit. It's just. The only the only way where they're pretending that it's not blanks is just like people falling over pretending to be dead. I agree because I noticed when they so the onslaught of monks were coming at the van. Yeah, and he's clearly hitting these guys. The, the The gun is pointed right at them, 
but I don't know if the... It's not very consistent of who falls over and who doesn't. Right. So I don't know if they're just, they can't see, or if, yeah, having the squibs would have definitely helped, because they're just, at one point, you see them getting shot at, they keep running, and then all of a sudden they just fall over. Yeah. I would appreciate, like I said, I would appreciate just dirt getting kicked up, like like the bullets hitting the ground. Yeah, I would appreciate that yeah. at minimum. That would that didn't even happen. Yeah, no. I, it was very poorly done. Yeah, I think the best part of this, um, outside of the axe part, is at the very end when they're driving away with the van and the one <laughs> monk get, <laughs> gets hit by the car. I, that could not have been on on purpose. Uh, that could not have been by accident, <laughs> right? He definitely was not paying attention yeah. and gets hit by the car, right? And, and he then they just ran with it. Because then, the, then there's a scene where like the, the close up as them running over his head. Yeah, and that was just, great. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, we're losing daylight here. We got to keep that shot. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> So from there, our refugees uh, find a, a spot near the river to kind of camp. And this is where the kid shows off some telekinesis. Um, this kind of it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, the movie Looper a little bit with this kid. Yeah. I never saw that movie. Oh, you never saw it. Okay. Well, trust me. It's sort of like Looper yeah. at the end. Um Oh, yeah, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, just take my word for it. Uh, here is also where we realize that Karnak is on their tail. He's been he's been following them. From there, our next stop is a bunch of dead people, quote unquote. But it's a trap. Um, and this is our first sign of boobs from a woman that was pretending to be tied up, um, and a few other people pretend to be dead. They are immediately killed, but the woman able to kill the professor unfortunately and, and before the yeah. professor dies he tells uh ron shannon to protect them and get them to where they need to go hey well when the professor dies there's really little like fanfare about it nope it's just, just kind of like, mm, he's dead all right we gotta move yeah. on no one really seems upset by it nope that's yeah. kind of how yeah. it goes throughout every because yeah. there are a few people that die um in this spoiler alert um, and there's really kind of no consequence. Like, like it's just kind of like, oh, well, that happened. Time to move on. Yeah. Um, That's how it should have been, really, for, mo- yeah. for more of it. So the professor dies, um, and during this whole situation, Lilith kind of uh, makes it obvious to the crew who have not been aware of the fact that the, all the refugees are telepaths. So now the crew's kind of pissed off because... I don't know. I don't remember why they 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 don't they don't want them reading their minds essentially, um, regardless of whether or not they did or not. They're guess they're afraid of the mutants is more or less like that. Like the point of it. Yeah. Um, so they have like a little bit of an infight, and then suddenly a slow moving dirt bike gang shows up, <laughs> and it takes forever. They're like slowly else. getting away. They just kind of show up. And like from all angles, and it just takes about two minutes of them approaching, and they and our posse like very slowly realizes that they probably should get on get moving. 
Um, and it just becomes a sad road warrior ripoff at this point. Yeah. Uh, we, we get more boring shooting. We get some fat mutant boobs. Um, they kidnap Lilith. Um, and uh, a few people die. Karnak helps them escape. Um, he, he starts driving the, the van um, while Ron Shannon is taking cover. Ninja dies as he blows himself up to get Shannon out. Um, and the grenade guy dies too. Um, Shannon and Karnak. Uh, so Shannon meets up with uh, the refugees and Karnak. And they realize Lilith has been taken. So Shannon and Karnak uh, jump on a dirt bike and go to rescue Lilith. Karnak must drag his feet the entire time on that dirt bike. Because he yeah. is way too big for that thing. <laughs> Especially on the back of it. <laughs> I don't think they were worried about that. Yeah. How much do you think he weighs? Like 340? 330? I'd say uh, he's upper 200s. You think so? He, he's not yeah. pushing 300? He's a big dude. He's like he's uh, he's a he's a plus sixer definitely. You you love that. <laughs> I've created a monster with this. Uh, but he he's definitely he's definitely a big dude. I I think this movie would have been more interesting if the guy that played Karnak was Ron Shannon. Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't think there's any. Really... He has more screen presence. I think. Maybe he could have been a mute. I don't know. Damn. <laughs> doesn't really talk much but i think he is italian in real life uh, but, he, but he, he's not he's not very good at whatever he does as the oh. strong man he just kind of he does like hammer hits over the head no 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 uh karnak not kovac god karnak is a bad guy oh okay yeah i, I don't know how you tell the difference but i wrote it down <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> smart um so they find the mutant hideout and they say they're going to wait till dark. Um, we have a very awkward scene where Shannon communicates telepathically with Lilith as she gets raped by one of the mutants. Um, eventually they, they eventually rescue Lilith in a very boring, very drawn out rescue mission. Um, they find Kovac, the big fat guy, okay, um, trapped in cement. Um, so Karnak Mercy kills him. Yeah. Uh, as they're trying to escape, Karnak gets surrounded by the mutants and Lilith and Shannon escape and reunite with the refugees. So they kind of leave Karnak, but Lilith says he's still alive, but he's in trouble. But they just yeah. leave him anyway. Um, they get the refugees to the drop point, and at this point, the SS shows up. Uh, we get a little bit of more boring shooting. <laughs> They get rounded well, this, up. This time it's by the uh, the psychic kid. Yeah. Well, at this point, um, they're they're basically lined up, and then the SS is planning to kind of just like execute all of them. Right. And then Shannon uh, communicates with the kid uh, and tells him that he's kind of got to let go of his powers and do what he has to do. Um, so the kid fucks some shit up with his uh, telekinesis. Um, he goes full kid from Looper and kills all the SS guards. And again, there's a whole lot of staring yeah. going on. <laughs> and and rocks get, fall, winds, winds pick up, car gets dropped on a bunch of them, machine gun fires at them, the general blows his own brains out, which was kind of cool. That was yeah. a good one. 
Yeah, yeah and, cool. and the kid, the kid trying to act like he's controlling everything with his eyes. Yeah, but he's just kind of staring. Right, right. <laughs> and the, the the staring between the kid and the general getting ready to blow his brains out took forever too. Yeah, but again, the 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 general blowing his brains out was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was like one of the better parts of the movie. Yeah, um, I'm surprised they used blood for it. Yeah. It was like the only blood splatter in the whole movie. Yeah. It, it was it was that and the guy getting the axe between the eyes. Yeah. Um, so after after the kid uh, dispatches of all the SS guards and the general, um, helicopter comes to bring the refugees to safety. They drop off some gold for Shannon. Lilith offers Shannon to come with them. He refuses. He sees them off. And then as as they leave, he goes to pick up his gold, and Karnak shows back up, and he says, basically, it's time to end this once and for all. They take out their melee weapons, run towards each other, and freeze frame ending. Yeah, that was a good freeze frame ending, because <laughs> mostly because I thought this movie was going to go on for another few minutes. I did yeah. too. <laughs> so when when it ended, I I threw my hands up. Oh, thank God. Yeah. I... <laughs> I, I was chanting, because uh, we got kind of spoiled on the freeze frame part. I started chanting when that scene was happening, like, freeze frame, freeze frame. <laughs> and Hoping it would be like a, a Rocky three, you know, <sighs> ending. Ding. Exactly what happened. Ding. They got close. I wish they got a little closer, but I love that they stopped the video, but the screaming still continued. <laughs> <laughs> it's very yeah. intense. Very, very intense. I kind of wanted to see how it would end, but then I was just again I was happy that it ended. Well, you guys didn't watch the uh, the post credits scene. No. <laughs> Is there a post credit scene? No. Oh no. god, thank you. <laughs> and and that's Endgame. It sucked. It yes, sucked, and it could have been so much better. Yeah, but it yeah. wasn't, so it's not. <laughs> I'm I'm baffled that this has a 64% audience approval rating. Yeah, and a f- and over five on IMDb. Right, I, I don't understand it. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, it, uh, is it all from people from Italy? Who just... It's probably big Italian. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. Uh, very disappointing. Uh, you know, you, well, obviously, when we watch these movies, we don't go in expecting cinematic masterpieces, but when you have a description such as this one you would think that you're going to be somewhat entertained at least and it's not going to drag but yeah this this movie again i know it's our you know it's not our job we're not getting paid but it's our duty we, we're subjugating ourselves to this or subjecting ourselves to this yeah but oh my god <laughs> this is this is awful yeah like I, 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 I want to have a little fun when we do this. and yeah. you, You're just depriving us of fun, Ant. I'm sorry. Uh, I could have made you watch another... I think uh, Highlander has an Endgame uh, sequel. I, I mean, pick your poison, really. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're, you're the only one that didn't have fun with Time Cop, so... Yeah, I mean... Because it was just so corny. I... <laughs> And despite all the Jean-Claude Van Damme movies I've seen, I don't like Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> uh, so, question, guys. How do you make this... How would you make this better? 
Uh, I would probably get rid of the road trip. Keep it entirely within the end game uh, uh, TV show. Okay. And maybe make it where the uh, the general runs the the game show itself, where he can determine the outcome. So uh, Shannon is his name. Mm-hmm. So Shannon, Ron Shannon. So Ron Shannon has to kind of fight against not only these uh, hitmen or these challengers, how, however you put it, but he's also going up against the general who's rigged the game while trying to save this telepathic chick. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The yeah, I had I had already mentioned, you know, part of that is I wanted most of it to take place during the end game, and then. You could have had the um, like very last moments of the end game was them escaping, you know, the town and getting to where the helicopter shows up. Sure. You know, and then that be the end. And also, there didn't seem to be any kind of unless I missed it, any kind of gate or wall they had to get through. So I wonder why they would have needed to. You know, I it was it that hard to navigate the streets then? Is that why they needed a guide? You know. They they couldn't protect themselves, I think. Okay. I think that was kind of the thing. So, oh yes, he has that scene where he says that telepaths don't kill people because they can feel the death happen or something like that. Yeah. So, what about what about you know, you have Karnak who is he's pretty much the Pro, uh, the antagonist to was Roy, Ron Shannon. Ron Shannon. I'm sorry. <laughs> this guy is so bland. I really don't care. Uh, so you have Karnak going up against Ron, and so maybe Karnak and the general are in cahoots, where like he is the general's right hand man in this game. So it it would have been more much better of a climax if it's. Shannon has to go up against Karnak, and then it's the the general. Like you find out the general is behind almost everything. You know what I mean? Like you have that kind of you, you have that buddy buddy system going on. I, I don't know how to really, and, and I think it would have been better to have more blood splatter in this kind of movie yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you could also have Shannon be a secret mutant. Sure. You know, sure. Ooh, what a twist! Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he, yeah, he, uh, because I, I guess he's anti-mutant at the beginning. Yeah. Or he just he, doesn't care. He'd be, he'd be a self-hating mutant. He's just pro Ron right. Shannon, really, right. more than yeah. anything. Right. He just looks so, out for Ron Shannon. He, here, here you go. He's a seven-time winner of Endgame, right? And he's getting this is his last Endgame. And he he just he wants to get in and get out, and now he's dragged into protecting these mutants. Dies at the end protecting them. What if? Go ahead. He's a seven-time champion, and it's revealed that the reason why he's won it seven times is he's caught. He's using his mutant telepathic abilities, and the whole movie is about him facing trial for cheating at the end game. <laughs> That's it's a, a courtroom that... drama. <laughs> <laughs> like a 12 angry mutants kind of thing or something yeah. i love it i love it that's not bad but, yeah. you see, now, but what what i like about that is it's just totally 
batshit crazy and totally <laughs> yeah. different than what we were talking about. Yeah, you keep the first twenty or so minutes of the of of Endgame. Okay, and, and it's just like he's in his shitty trailer, and then they like they reveal they somehow they figure it out. They, like someone's like just pouring over all the footage and just like something's not right about how his action and how he reacts to things. They right, like, like you see him hiding behind a pillar or something well before one of the hitmen come in. Yeah, just like how did he know that he was there? You know, <laughs> I like it's it. Like, it's a little bit of a courtroom drama, a little bit of like the insider, like a whistleblower. Ooh, yeah, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> I like it. I'd also have a, a few other ways to make this better, uh, which I've written down. That was off the top of my head. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, look at that. Even so uh, this movie just needs more exploitation, mm-hmm. more boobs specifically, more more quality boobs. Yeah. And I'm not going to usually say that for any. I'm not going to say that for every movie, but this movie could have used it, mm-hmm. knowing that a uh, the director has done a ton of softcore and hardcore pornography. Um, the lead actress in this movie was in a, a very popular series of softcore porn from the 70s and 80s. This seems like it, it it missed an opportunity to kind of you know pay fan service a little bit in that way. Yeah. Uh, less boring gunfights, um, shorter and with more squibs at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little uh, bit more production value. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I mentioned this earlier. Like I feel like they should have leaned into the, just that spaghetti western aesthetic to it, whether it be with music or just upping the violence a little bit. Um, actually, upping the violence a lot. You know, I want mm-hmm. to see when when people get stabbed. I want to see that blood. I want to see someone's hand get chopped off. You know, I want to yeah. see. I want to see that brutality that we see in in a lot of spaghetti westerns. I want to see that. Um, yeah. And then trim, trim the long setups for everything. Oh, I thought I was thinking of a different trim. Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> just, just trim those long setups where you know those dirt bike gangs are coming over, and it takes two minutes for them to get there. You know, it doesn't. Yeah. It's not even a hundred minutes, and it feels long. Yeah, I, I think the editing could have been much, much better. Agreed, and, uh, and and you can't even really say anything about the acting because you know what you're getting with the, this type of film. Yeah. So I wouldn't even say the acting was poor. It was it was just on on par for what you would expect. Yeah, I wouldn't say that this movie is boring because the actors weren't good. I just yeah. would say that they weren't given anything fun to do. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, and they do their best with what they have. Um. Yeah, and the story is just it, yeah, it's bland. It's just point A to point B kind of movie. Uh, if it had just stayed in one area, it probably would have made a little bit more sense. Yeah, the courtroom. Yeah, the court. <laughs> in the futuristic courtroom. That'd be so great. Like it's just it's just a whole bunch of mutants and. and... The yeah, galley, yeah, is that what fish, it's called? You have the fish man, yeah, and oh, the gallery, I think, right? Gallery, yeah, that's yeah. right. You have the fish man in there with the, the half-ape man. <laughs> It'd be so much fun. Imagine the jury. Yeah, why not? Oh, man. So we got to write this movie. Yeah, the, the world is our oyster. A post-apocalyptic courtroom drama. That's something that's, that hasn't been tapped. Yeah. Right? We, there's, there's no movies like that. I don't think there are. I think the closest is uh, uh what's that movie with? Uh, damn it, I can't. I can't uh, Idiocracy. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. I think that's probably the closest. I'm sure there's probably like a Star Trek episode where it's very, very similar. I'm Maybe. sure they had like some court moments in Star Trek. Like a kangaroo court, maybe. Ooh, maybe. Mm. Like those real kangaroos? Yeah, right. <laughs> evolved kangaroos. There you go. Ooh, futuristic, smart, evolved kangaroos. Yes. That act as lawyers. Holding court. Mm-hmm. And geez, Man, this just... is just getting better and better at them. Yeah. <laughs> our our uh, two right pile is getting very, very, very high. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so, so sooner or later, Hollywood's going to come knocking. Uh, okay, uh, you guys got any last thoughts on uh, on Endgame? Uh, I hope Avengers Endgame is much better. <laughs> or, or else I would have wasted a ticket. Not, not a high bar to cross there. So, I, I mean, I, they I, did make Ultron, so... I think, and this is not hyperbole... I think if I go into this movie tomorrow night and it's this it's similar in terms of fun and production value of this end game <laughs> I might give up movies forever. You mean if you go you mean if you go in and it's shot in four three ratio with grainy film. <laughs> grainy. Yeah. There's dubbed over voices. Yeah. It's uh it's it's just the cast of Fast and Furious doing the voices of all the Avengers. Yeah, I... Who would play uh, Groot? Uh, Paul Walker, right? <laughs> so that's the funny part. It would be Vin Diesel. <laughs> no, yeah, I Vin, mean... we just don't trust you to do any other role. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, what I'll do is I'll watch the movie. I will calmly get up, go to my car, calmly drive home. Uh, I will talk to my wife about the movie. Uh, I will come home, go right to bed, and that'll be it. I won't watch another movie. I, I will quit this podcast because I will have, you know, I, I will retire from from any movie watching. You hear, you hear that, Russo brothers? As long as Endgame is not like a movie shot in 1983 Italy, <laughs> Dan Aquino will be on board. Yes. Mark, you got any uh, final thoughts on Endgame? No, it's... It's just one of those movies like that, you know, gets me nervous about when we're choosing other movies now. Right. You know, this, see a gr- this great tagline. Someone and, promise. And it just, I feel, I feel betrayed by the tagline. That's not, I, I hate to hear that. I don't like when Mark feels that way. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you guys. Uh, Swerving a little bit. Uh, do you have any? Give me one prediction for Avengers Endgame that don't have to deal with actual spoilers that anyone have, may have watched. Uh, hmm. Should we dance with this out? No, because I, I have something <laughs> that I think that I haven't seen. So, okay. Mark, Mark, you go first. Okay, and I will avoid looking at Dan while saying this, just in case <laughs> he doesn't give anything away. Um, yeah, so I, I think the, um, I think the whole, um, I, I, here's the, here's the thing I think will happen. It's nothing to do with any big spoilers or anything, but I was discussing this today with my assistant at work. That's, you know, much more into this stuff than we are, um, that I feel there's going to be a scene when, if they bring everyone back where 
they just basically shame Star Lord <laughs> because he's going to complain about where Gamora is. And, you know why they didn't bring him back, and you know, uh, and they're just going to shame him for punching Thanos. You know, okay. we wouldn't have to we wouldn't have to go through all this. I'm going to be very upset if they do that. <laughs> Shame. Shame. Let's take time out of our way from stopping this in, this uh, sociopathic uh, genocidal maniac and make you feel bad. <laughs> and more of it, it was just the Russo brothers being upset that he divorced, uh, you know, his wife. Just going, Shame, how do you leave her? How do you leave Anna Ferris? For, for a second, I thought you were going to say shame with the uh, the church that he attends. Yeah. Um, yeah. We did religion uh, last week, Dan. That's true. Good point. <laughs> that, that, Mark, if that if if that happens, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I, I want to say two things that I think happen. Uh, I think at, I think at the very beginning. They go to fight Thanos and lose badly. I think someone dies early on. Uh, and I think at one point Captain America finally says Avengers Assemble. Okay. Yeah. I like the, I like both Mine are more realistic. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Mark. Yeah, Mark. <laughs> Wasting our time. <laughs> Shaming Starlord. Come on. We should shame you, Mark. <laughs> Happens every day. Boo. Uh, <laughs> boo, Mark, boo. <laughs> so, uh, Ant, what about you, Ann? What do you think? Oh, I don't know. I hope there's a scene where they meet all their relatives in heaven. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's really deep. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. Does Loki just flip off Thor? Is that how that reunion goes? There's just there's just some scenes that I hate happening in movies, and I, I like specifically I'm thinking of a, the scene in Transformers Two where Shia LaBeouf dies and he goes prime to heaven. prime heaven, and then he comes back. I hope there's not a scene like that, but I could totally see something similar happening. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know honestly. Groot sees a uh, a thing we didn't know was shot by Paul Walker. Like, like Robert Downey Jr. Like Tony Stark gets his ass kicked, and he kind of like blacks out, and then he has like this vision of Pepper Potts telling him it's not his time yet, and he wakes back up. Something like it's, that. It's like cool cheesy. Is it the Rocky Two moment? Is that is it? No, like when she wakes up from the coma uh, after giving birth to the son, win. and just says Rocky, win, yeah. and then the montage starts. I hope not. God, I hope not. <laughs> it could do, happen. Do, do you care if I, if I, if we ask Jen what she thinks? Uh, did she watch Endgame? She did not watch Endgame. I suppose you could ask her. Well, she doesn't want to give it away. She knows what happens. She said. Oh, she knows what happens. Huh? Yeah. Is she is she happy about it? Because then that means uh, Captain Marvel dies. <laughs> no. <laughs> if I, I, she's probably hoping for a little Hawkeye, uh, Black Widow. Romance, a little hookup. Uh, you gonna show guy. some brain? Uh, who? What? <laughs> Is Hawkeye gonna show some brain? No, probably not. Right? <laughs> you never know. I doubt it. I don't think so. You don't think so? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> so, this, do you think Ant Man goes up Thanos's butt and then expands? 
<laughs> no. That's my favorite one. <laughs> no. Uh, th- this interview is over. <laughs> the, best yeah, thing I've seen in, the best thing I've seen in relation to that was um, in the new Super Smash Brothers game, you can like create stages, and somebody created a stage where it was like Thanos and then a little Ant Man going up his butt in the scene. And <laughs> the like, I was like, the internet how long? is a dark place. I was like, how long did it take that person to make that <laughs> for like a joke that maybe. You know, will last for a day, maybe, before either Nintendo takes it down or people just ignore it. Uh, the internet's scary. <laughs> there are weird people out there, man, and and we we live amongst them. Yes, we do. We you may have walked by that guy, Mark. Yeah, on your <laughs> way to work. Uh, weird Twitter is fun at times. It's, it's so weird. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just. This is gonna sound corny, but uh. This movie, you know, growing up, getting picked on for this kind of stuff, I'm just happy that it's, like, the most anticipated movie in the past couple decades, really. Yeah. Uh, so it's cool. Uh, I, from It's got good reviews early on. I, I don't see how there's any way I can not like this movie. So bring it on, man. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Mark, do you have anything? No, no, that, that was about it. Um, I'm just excited uh, to see the movie. I'm going to be... I, I won't really get upset if for some reason I, a spoiler comes my way Friday before we see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope I can avoid. I'm sure. doing a pretty good job of it. No, I won't long, say anything. There's a long day in front of us before that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I won't spoil anything for you guys, I promise. You guys got any pluggables? Sure. Uh, you could f- I have a couple Twitter accounts. You can follow myself. My personal Twitter is at Diaquino122. Uh, and we also have the Stranger Damies Twitter account. It's uh, at Stranger Damies. And you could also follow the Stranger Damies account on Instagram. And again, it's just Stranger Damies. So we, you know, we post art to both the Twitter and obviously the Instagram. But uh, yeah, just trying to. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm friends with a lich, on the uh, on the Twitter, and it's kind of weird because I don't know <laughs> if this guy he takes it very seriously. He doesn't and drop he, character. No, he does not. He he yeah. sent us a personal video, uh, saying that we amuse him, and it's very creepy. It's basically a guy oh. in a he, he is skeleton a mask. Yeah, <laughs> it's a guy in a skeleton mask with a dark robe on and. A very robotic voice, and it's fun. <laughs> it's it's pretty cool, but I look forward to getting to yeah, some conversations with this guy. As someone who also gets the notifications for the Stranger Damies Twitter account, it was a very odd thing to see pop up on the phone every so often. All of a sudden, I see D and D Lich responds to you, and I'm yeah. like the hell is dan like having a dm session with someone <laughs> and then i see no it's actually on twitter this so, it, other people are getting involved now it's, it is very interesting uh, i recommend following this guy if you're into that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. if you're into liches yes um so yeah so obviously uh, spinning off the stranger damey stuff we have the uh you know the podcast goes live every wednesday um the last episode that was up um 
was one half of the reveals um, that that'll happen. Uh, since you guys took so long that I forgot about to figure out that the uh, what the key was for the door you had to go through. Uh, this episode was an hour long and still not even to the main fight that you had in that session. Um, so that'll be next week. But it ends at the uh, initiative roll, so still a fun episode. Um, especially as you guys, um, you know, get get some get some good lore knowledge here. Um, so look for that, and then. Next week, next Wednesday, will be the, um, you know, final bit of uh, some characters learning some things about themselves and uh, things like that going forward. And then, you know, we have a whole session of um, one of our characters having an existential crisis, um, which is fun. So <laughs> we'll see that. That's a good breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. So that's about it. So, yeah, Stranger Thames on uh, anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, uh, um, Google Play, you know, basically you can go to uh, strangersamies.podbean.com if you want to get the direct link um, to it if, you know, you have some RSS feed set up or something. Uh, but yeah, yeah, and make sure to uh, send any uh, constructive criticisms uh, our way to the Twitter account. And also, if you need to uh, give Dan some advice, on to how to possibly defend himself against a lich. Thank so you. Yes. I, would, I, will, I might need that in the future. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, as for us, we are They Call Us a Movie. We, you can find us at all podcast streaming apps, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, iTunes, any place you could find podcasts. That is where you could find us streaming. We are uh, part of they, The Main Damey. And uh, we're the, at the main Damie on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you find us all there. Post uh, all updates to podcasts and all kind of good stuff. We are now affiliated and proud uh, proud partners of Geek Vibes Nation. Um, doesn't sound like any of us are going to be around to record with them on Friday. So um, still waiting to to pop on there, but in due time we will. Um, I know Mark has done one episode of Spider-Man Homecoming, Geeks yep. Against the Grain. You could find that on uh, their podcast stream, uh, which is uh, Geek Vibes Nation. Just search for that. Uh, should be all those other places that you could find sh- podcasts. Um, I am Ant Delvec uh, on Twitter. So you can find me there. That's my personal account. Um, and that's going to do it for this episode. This episode has been Endgame. 1983, directed by Joe D'Amato. So, for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Del Vecchio telling Joe D'Amato to go fuck himself. <laughs>